It's great intro there. Man. Guys, I've noticed over the years that... Um, I've noticed over the years of ministry uh, that I've experienced that there are times when, when God moves in waves. Okay? It, it, it's almost like there are, there are times when you can sense that God is on the verge of doing something really great. It's almost like the wave pulls out. If you've ever been to the ocean, it pulls out from the shore, and then it kind of builds, and then it crests, and then it crashes, and then it kind of cycles again like that. Many times I've noticed in ministry and in the life of a church that there are, there are times where there's a drawing back, where sometimes it feels like there's a hunger and a desire that God kind of is, is just pulling back a little bit so that we'll get a, a, a thirstiness for him and a desire for more of him. And then all of a sudden you can sense the building of this wave and, and then it's coming. And, and guys, over the last week or two, I've just really sensed like, the, the, wave is, the wave is coming and it's cresting. And I just feel like this morning is part of that wave uh, today. So I'm really, I'm really excited. I, did want, I wanted to talk to you guys just, just for a couple minutes before I get right into the sermon. Uh, I wanted to give some uh, clarification to something that goes on in our service. And um, it, it, was, it happened this morning, a, a prophetic word. Uh, and I want to go through a passage of scripture and, and give some explanation and some clarity to these things so that we can uh, see God move in our services in even a greater capacity and see what the Bible says about this. Now, the Corinthian church um, was having great Holy Spirit services. There were some incredible things happening, um, but their services, there were things that were happening in their services that were starting to get out of order, and, and there were people that were actually leaving the services more discouraged than encouraged. And so Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, um, some guidelines and just some understanding of how we're supposed to operate a, as a church. And I just want to go through those. In 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul brought some clarity to these things. So if you want to open your Bibles this morning, this is just kind of like the, the snippet before the sermon, but it's going to give us clarification for what happens after uh, this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I want to read verses 26 through 33. And um, it'll be up on the screen in the New Living Translation, and whatever translation you've got there you can look at, and we're going to read through it uh, together if you want to follow along in your Bibles. This is how it reads, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 26 through 33. It says, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak at one time, and someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must stay silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Let two or three people prophesy. Let others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have, to, will have a turn to speak, one after another, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all his meetings of God's holy people, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. So, when the first, first thing I want us to understand here, real quick, 
is that um, if there is a word of uh, prophecy or there is a tongues and an interpretation that happens within the service, it is for what purpose? The Bible says that it's for the edification or the building up of the church. So before a person gives a word or, or something like that, or a person in the room here, if you're here and you feel like God is laying something on your heart to be shared with the congregation, there are a couple things you need to ask yourself. The first one is this, is the word for me or is it for everyone? So you need to ask, is the word for me or is it for everyone? Is it encouraging? Is that the tone of it? If, if it's like, you guys are a bunch of bums and all of this kind of stuff, that's not a word from the Lord, okay? That's not... The, you just, you're missing the boat on that one, okay? I'm just going to tell you that right away. So is, is it encouraging? Then another thing you need to ask yourself is, is it the right time to share it? And then, what am, and then another thing, there's a lot of things in this passage that talks about clarity. Is it clear and in order uh, with what God wants? So I want to walk through these verses just quickly. Verse 26, I just want to point out a couple things. Uh, first one, in verse 26, it tells us that the purpose of this is for the strengthening of everyone. The gifts of the Holy Spirit is for the strengthening of the church. In verse 27 and 28, it says that these gifts and, and tongues and interpretation or prophecy is not to go on for hours and hours. It's not something that is, is meant to uh, necessarily take over the entire time, but it, it's something that uh, Paul says two or three is, is a good number to have in your services. Uh, verse 29, it says the congregation, and this is very important, the congregation is to evaluate or weigh the word from the Lord. Okay, now if it's something that's erroneous or something like that, I may stand up and say, oh, I don't think that was, that was something uh, from the Lord. But the reality of it is, guys, is if something like this happens within our service, it is your responsibility to personally receive or reject what was said. Okay, so it's your responsibility as, as a congregation. So if you're in your heart, you hear something and you go, you know what, that just doesn't resonate right with my heart, then you, then you reject it. The, the, the scripture tells us that us as individuals, that's our responsibility to listen, uh, to, to hear these, and if we either receive them or reject them, we're to weigh them in our hearts. In verse 30, it says that they, people should take turns. We've had times in our services where, where multiple people have spoken at the same time, or maybe a piano player was playing while the word was given and people couldn't hear it right. The Bible says that it should be in order. We should take turns. And so we're saying, how do we, how do, we do that better? Um, verse 31, it says, it's a learning process, uh, but encouragement is the end result to, to these words. And when God is speaking to someone, in verse 32, when God is speaking to someone, the Bible says that they are in complete control when they speak. This means that, there is, that they can speak when, when there's a good time in the service. They can also stop if, if there's something else going on. So it's not like a volcano that you can't control and, and burst out. That's unscriptural. You, you're able to control this, the Bible says. And then it says that God is a God of order in verse 33, not of disorder. So his services should be in order. So how does this affect us as a congregation here at WCAG? Because I, I, it is my desire to see the Holy Spirit moving in our, in our services. I want to be very clear of that. I want God to speak clearly and in order we want it done scripturally but we believe that this is for the church today i believe guys that that the churches that are making the greatest impact around the world are open to the move of the holy spirit 
and obedient to the voice of God. Okay, so I, I think that we want to be right there with them. We want to be listening to the voice of God. So, so here's, here's kind of some clarification. We want things encouraging. We want them in order. And so if you're sensing that God is laying something on your heart and you ask yourself, is this for me or for the congregation? You feel like it's for the congregation? As, as we are moving forward as a church, we'd like to begin to do something a little bit different. As was done this morning, and I appreciate Pam's sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in this and, and willingness to come under authority, I asked that, um, that people would come and would come to me and get a microphone. I would, I'd ask maybe if you even share a little bit of the word that God is laying on your heart. And we're going to determine when a good time is for you to share it. And, and so that everyone can hear with clarity what God is saying. And so with clarity, we, we share this, and we want it to be uh, open to, to the Holy Spirit, but at the same time, we want it to be clear. So if, it's, if no one can hear it, it's not encouraging to the body. We want it to be open so that people can hear. And so remember, the Scripture says that we can be in control. Um, if, if I can use this as an example, this morning, uh, Pam was here and she said, I feel like God's laid something on my heart. I believe it was, it was very pertinent and very close to the direction of where we're going this morning. God spoke to her heart. I said, Pam, can you wait a few minutes and, and we'll just allow and wait for an opening where we feel like the Spirit is just, this is an opening, and it felt like it blended beautifully with, with the service here. Also, we need to take into consideration some practical things. One of the practical things is if someone blurts out a word and begins to speak, a lot of times our musicians, they have in-ear monitors in their ears, and they're unable to hear what's going on in the congregation. So actually, they could be playing over something that we're trying to give clarity to. So if we do it in order, it, it really makes sense, and uh, some people say, well, that's not the way they do it in the Bible. Well, I'll just tell you this much. I think if they had the sound systems and all the technology that we had, this is the way they'd probably do it, okay? So that's, that's what I'm just saying. And so um, it's kind of like, would Jesus use an overhead projector? But anyways, we'll, um, we're not going to go there. So basically, guys, uh, I, just, I just want us to, to bring clarity, and, and I'm, I'm not using this as a, as, as a, as a tool uh, to be manipulative or anything like that. But because we want this to be clear and open, um, I'm just going to say up front that if someone shares a word in the old way, I'm going to shut them down. Okay? You still, uh, still love me? Is that all right? I, I, and the reason for that is we want it to be clear, we want it to be orderly, and, and we... We believe, if we believe that this is real and from God, we want everyone to hear it and it to be legitimate. And so we want everyone to, and so we're going to try and, and bring a little more clarity and a little more order. And so we still want to hear from God in powerful ways. You know, Superintendent Freetag, Pastor Chad was talking to Superintendent Freetag. He's the superintendent over all of the churches in, uh, Assembly of God churches in North Dakota. And Superintendent Freetag said, I'm so excited to hear that the gifts of the Spirit are being utilized at Watford City Assembly of God. He says there are are many Pentecostal churches that are shying away from these kind of things because they are simply too difficult to manage in the public services. And he said, it breaks my heart. He says, I'm so excited that you guys, he said, I would much rather see something, a church trying to move forward in these things and trying to bring clarity to them and be biblical in all that they do. I would much rather see that than just try and push those things aside and say, let's just try and 
put on a service and, and be all that. We want to be open to the Holy Spirit. So that's really where we want to do. He encouraged us, keep learning, keep growing in these gifts. So guys, this morning, I wanted to share that with you because we're going to do something a little bit different this morning again. I am going to share, uh, but this morning I want to share with you about divine healing and that God still heals today. He touches people in physical ways. He brings emotional healing. I believe he brings spiritual healing to people's lives. And I believe that, that God still heals, and there are some incredible miracles that God has been doing here at, within our body. And I wanted to share one of those with you. And I'm going to have Steve Doobie come up this morning, and he's going to share uh, some amazing things that God has done in his life uh, through physical divine healing. Go ahead, Steve. Take it away, man. And I've been the recipient of it. So anyway, I... Uh... The Father's love has been, been just plumb poured out on me here the past year here in this church. And uh, um, the health trouble started 13 years ago, 2002. Um, the first infection took an operation. But anyway, so I had seven of them in 14 years, one every year the last three years. Um, two summers ago, I had a pick line in my arm. They're all IV antibiotics to take care of them. Pick line in my arm for five months. I had a, another pick line this year for about a month and a half. August, they were planning on cutting my foot off after the surgery because of the infection. It was a monument of pain. The, the elders and the folks in this church that kept me connected to the church when I was laying on the couch in the hospital was unbelievable. <clears throat> but anyway, so I've also suffered heart, congestive heart failure for five years. My swelling in my chest and the swelling in my feet every day without fail. Every day, all the time, every day it would come. Hurting my shoes. I couldn't hardly walk. Had a pulmonary embolism three summers ago, four summers ago now. Um, three, of the, three of the occasions with the ups and downs, they figured I was going to die. So that was pretty crazy. But anyway, this is about the Father's love and about obedience and about prayer. Elders in the church, the leadership in the church. It's been pretty crazy. So a woman I don't even know in October, prayed over me as Pastor Sheldon had asked, Holy Spirit-led sermon, I remember that one well, after church. And she sent a word through some other people, text-wise to me. And in the middle of November, she felt it was honor to wash my feet as Jesus did the apostles. So, what a strange thing. And, and over the years, watched the war room last night, what another blessing that just came actually before today. But uh, so crazy that her feet hurt her, and that's kind of what ended up happening in that movie. Just unbelievable. But anyway, so I accepted this, and we, were, we uh, did it the Wednesday after Thanksgiving after Bible study. And now uh, when I took my shoes off my feet, one of the ladies just couldn't believe. She just couldn't even believe that I walked. I mean, it was unbelievable. And just you've got to do every day what you can do and what you need to do. But anyway... So I knew by then the emotion had kind of gone a little bit from me. Sunday was a wreck. Well, anyway, so I understood that we were supposed to expect great things. I, I still don't know what that means, but I'm pretty excited every day because it's fantastic every day. So she proceeded to wash my feet and, and had a direct word for me. Uh, never forget it. it. Crushed my day. It was amazing. But that it didn't matter where my feet had ever been, that, that I was healed and white as snow and here with God. So 2015 is the best year of my life. 
And I can't even believe that I am the object of my Father's love for me. And I'm back to where I can be. I get to walk and run and jump and work. There's no diabetes in the, in the, in the doctors. They probably took a gallon of blood from me the last some years and tested for everything under the sun. And I don't have a thing and none of it was explained. And they can't explain now how come I'm back up and no troubles at all. But, but we'll take that. And one other part of Kimona, this, you know, of course, I've been pretty active and been blessed in, in all the Bible studies and the men's group and all the different things that go on here. But one of the men, as we come to prayer service on Saturday night, was, was kind of tired of seeing me hurt all the time. So he came up to me as we were walking out the door, and he says, I'm sick of this. We've got to change this. We've got to go to Colorado Springs to a healing ministry. Well, it didn't feel right to me because I know that God's right here, and I know that he can heal me right here, and he's the one that brought me here. So why does he want me to go down to Colorado Springs? So I talked with one of the elders in the church, and I'd asked her what she thought, and she thought exactly. But, man, it's been boom, 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 boom. So no matter what the doctors did, flat, but she washed my feet, and my health has just gone plumb through the roof. I'm a healed man. (laughs) Hallelujah. God is good. Man. Guys, I want to walk through a couple of scriptures just quickly this morning. And we want to pray for people today that have uh, physical needs, emotional needs, and spiritual needs. And we're going to pray for everyone that, that would want prayer today, that God would bring healing. Could you imagine in a group this size, all of the physical needs, all of the emotional needs, all of the spiritual needs, if God in one moment healed them all, how our lives would be so trans, just trans formed in incredible ways. And so uh, we're just believing that God can do something great. I want to look at, at a verse. We're going to start at John 10.10 10 this morning. We're going to jump around a lot. So if you have an electronic device, you might be quicker uh, than some people. Other people are really fast with their Bibles. So John 10.10, 10, it says this, and many of you know this verse. It'll be on the screen. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The Bible says that the enemy's key purpose is to steal from us, to kill us, and to destroy us. He is against us. He is wanting our ultimate destruction. He wants destruction physically for us. He wants destruction emotionally for us. He wants destruction ultimately spiritually for us, that we would be separated from Almighty God for eternity and spend hell with him as opposed to in the presence of God. But Jesus made this statement He said, but I have come that you might receive life and have it to the full, have it abundantly, be more satisfied. The enemy is the destroyer of life, but Jesus Christ came to bring and give life to us. Part of that life is found in healing, even physical healing. Scripturally, it shows us that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He died on the cross and rose again to free us from our sins, but also to bring physical healing to our lives. Isaiah 53, 5 is a messianic prophecy, and it says, but he was pierced for our rebellions. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. Part of Jesus' purposes was so that we could be healed. 
You see, guys, the healing power of Jesus Christ flows through the life of the believer, not just to the life of the believer, but through the life of the believer. Uh, Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, these signs will accompany those people who believe. Uh, They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will be healed. So the tough question that we have to ask ourselves, and many people of you are already asking in your mind, is, Pastor Sheldon, why don't people get healed every time we pray? And I have the answer to that. I don't know. I don't know, because I've prayed for people and I've seen miraculous things happen. I've seen people's lives changed and transformed. I've seen people physically healed and emotionally healed and spiritually healed. I've seen the transformation that Jesus Christ makes in people's lives. I've also prayed for people and nothing's happened. But you know what I do? Just keep praying. You know, God is the one who heals and and, and I'm not the one that I'm not going to try and create some formula that if I do this just right and I cross my fingers and I cross my eyes and and if I smack you on the big toe then all of a sudden you get healed every time you know I don't understand why and there are many different things in in scripture that explain that there were many different ways in which people were healed scripturally it doesn't tell us when someone has a foot ailment to to wash their feet and then they're going to be healed Someone was just obedient to the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit said, do this, and then God healed them. It's it's amazing. And and so, guys, when when we look at this, God is the one that heals. He is, it's not about a formula, it's not about us necessarily, but we simply pray and we ask God to do the healing. Scripture tells us that it is God's nature that he is a healing God. David wrote in Psalms 103, verse 3, He said, he forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. That's the God that we serve. One of the names of God represented in the Old Testament is Jehovah Rapha. And it is the Lord, my healer. It gives uh, clarity in in the area of healing when we read James chapter 5. And and I appreciate... uh, that Steve touched on this just a little bit, but if you want to take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 5 this morning, we're going to look through this passage together quickly. And um, in James chapter 5, it says this, verses 13 through 15. It says, Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil, In the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. The Bible says, listen, if you came here this morning and you're struggling, then pray. Ask God, say, God, I'm struggling. These are the things that I'm dealing with right now. Turn those things over to the Lord. The Bible says to cast your cares on him. Cast them. Don't reel them back in cast them just leave them there okay so we we if you're suffering hardships or something begin to pray ask god you know what if you're happy you're supposed to celebrate and worship god because he's done great things in your life then it says if you're sick to call the elders of the church to pray for you and anoint with oil in the name of the lord offer the prayer in faith and god will make you well who makes you well god right That's God's job. What's our job? To pray, right? What's God's job? To heal. 
all right. So that, that, and that's why when I say I don't know why people don't, they don't experience healing every time we pray, that's not my job. My job's to pray. It's God's job to heal, okay? So, so we need to understand and, and bring clarification to that. So, guys, the instructions in James here, I love how it puts it. it um, the part that excites me about the instructions here is that the local church is instructed to pray for the healing of people. Many times in my life when I was sick or I needed a miracle, I would always try and go and find somebody who was more spiritual or somebody that had the anointing or somebody I would travel miles, I would go and try and find a certain speaker. If I needed a word from the Lord, you know what the funny thing is, is that scripture tells us all that we need for healing is already right here. Isn't that good? We already have all the things that we need. Scripture says that the local body is to come together and, and, and pray for each other, and, and God is going to answer those prayers. So this morning, uh, we want to pray for people, and we're going to have our, our prayer teams uh, join us at the front in just a few moments. But you know what, guys? I, I think it's important that we understand, and I talked about this in just, just briefly, that, that it's not about a formula. And I think that scripture is very clear on that. In fact, Stanley Horton, a famous Bible commentator or scholar actually, uh, wrote it this way. He said, but Jesus did not turn away those people who had little faith or weak faith. Those who are sick often find it not easy to express faith. And Jesus did a variety of things to help him, help them. Sometimes he laid his hands on them or he touched them. Mark chapter 5, 6, 8, 10, numerous uh, places. Once he put clay on a man's blind eyes and then gave him opportunity to express his obedient faith by washing in the pool of Siloam, John chapter 9. Other times people express their faith by reaching out and touching Jesus, like in Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 21. In the book of Acts, Peter uh, took hold of the right hand of a crippled man at the gate beautiful and he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong and he jumped up uh, and began to walk in Acts chapter 3. Later there was a time when people were healed as Peter was walking down the road and his shadow would fall on people and they began to get healed in Acts chapter 5. In Ephesus God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even the handkerchiefs and the work aprons that touched him were taken to the sick and their illness were cured and evil spirits left them in Acts chapter 19. There was no magic or virtue in the means used to encourage faith, however. Their faith had to be in the Lord. It was not in the clay or the shadow or the work aprons or the practice of the laying on of hands. This seems to be the reason for the great variety of means used, lest people get their eyes on some particular means rather than on God himself. Rather than on God himself. So this morning we're going to be scriptural. We're going to do these things. We're going to have our, our prayer teams come in just a moment, and, and we're going to give them little bottles of oil. And, and if you have a physical need, and we're going to walk through that in just a minute, but they're going to anoint you with oil, and they're going to pray for you. So this morning, um, you know, why don't we have the worship team come up right now? And, and as they're forming, I'll tie up my last thoughts here. You know, as Steve shared this morning, maybe the question that we need to ask ourselves is, why does God heal? Why does he still heal today? I think there's two main clear reasons. The first reason is this. 
because it shows his power. It shows the power of God. God continually demonstrates to a world that is far from him that he is alive and well and wants to be a part of our life on a continual basis. And that's why believers and even non-believers are healed by God so that God can show his power and might in present day circumstances. That's what God does. That's the first reason why God heals. And the second one is this, and it's a wonderful reason. It's because he wants to show his love for us. God is a good father. When Jesus walked the earth, he healed people because he had compassion on them and saw that they were suffering because he loved them. And God hasn't changed. Jesus breaks through the darkness of our sin-filled world and shows his love and compassion through healing still. This morning we're going to pray for three specific areas today. This morning I want us to begin to to think about, is there an area in my life that I need physical healing? You have a a hurt back or hurt knee or something that the doctors have have said? This morning we're going to pray for physical needs. And you know what? Uh, If you would like to participate this morning... We would love for you to participate. If this is something where you say, man, I'm just not up for this, that's fine. But I just want you to understand that God wants to show his power in your life and he absolutely loves you today. So everything from stage four cancer to an infected toenail this morning, we're going to pray for physical healing that God is going to touch your life and change it. Maybe you're dealing with emotional pain this morning. And uh, I'm going to give some clarification to that as we get going. Why don't we have our our prayer teams form at the front, if you guys would come up to the front here, and if we could get them their their little oil. Come on up, guys, come on up. And if we could just spread out. What we're going to do this morning, and I'm just giving order here. We're trying to do this orderly. Um, Why don't, as, as you want prayer this morning, why don't we not wait in our seats until someone is available? Let's just begin making lines at each of the aisles this morning. So we're going to have physical healing, uh, believing that God is, is going to touch. We're going to have emotional healing, and we're going to have spiritual healing. And I'm going to give clarification to these things. But we just said no need is too small or too great. You don't need to give specific details. You come up to our prayer team. You say, you know what, I'm dealing with something in my back. Would you pray for me? And they're going to make a very simple and clear prayer. So I'm going to pray. And then we're going to begin forming lines here. And uh, we're going to walk through these three areas. It's not going to take a long time, but I believe that God is going to do something. So we'd ask that you would wait as a congregation. We're going to continue worshiping the Lord together. And uh, you know what? The Bible says that if you're suffering with something, uh, maybe not a physical need, but you're suffering with something, you need to pray. This would be a great moment to do that. If you are, if God has done great things in your life, this is a great time to praise, great time to worship him. So why don't we pray together, and then then we're going to open our our prayer lines up. So, Heavenly Father, we come before you, God. We know that you are a good, good Father. You are for us and not against us. You want to show your healing power today. God, we see the testimony of your goodness and greatness, the healing power, Lord, that you want to bestow on each of us this morning. Father, we ask by faith that you would minister to your people today, that, God, you would increase the faith in this room, that you would increase the belief in this room, that God, that they would, they would sense your power and your love 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't you move from your seats this morning? Whatever you have this morning, there'll be a lot of people responding today. We're going to ask for everything for God to minister in all the physical needs in the room right now. All the physical needs. If you'd like to stand and join us as we sing.
maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, well, I've already gotten prayer for whatever my need is. I've already asked for prayer. I've already prayed more than once, multiple times. Um, I just want to encourage you that there is a, there's a story in the Old Testament about a really important guy named Naaman. And he was seeking healing also. And when he went to the prophet to ask for prayer, uh, the prophet said, go dip in the Jordan seven times. And that seemed kind of ridiculous. But you know what? He did. And he was healed. And sometimes I think we get discouraged on maybe the fourth or fifth dip, the fourth or fifth prayer. But maybe you're, maybe you're right on the verge. Maybe God wants to pour something out on you today and you just need to have faith to dip the seventh time. So if that's, if that's you, I want to encourage you to keep praying, to keep seeking.
All right, guys, we're going to move to the second portion of, of our praying time. And guys, I know that, I know that there are, you know, if, if you need to leave this morning, you just feel, feel free to do that. Um, but we're going to continue to pray for every person that wants prayer this morning, okay? So the second area we're going to pray for this morning is for emotional needs. I know there's still some physical needs, and you can keep coming, and we'll pray uh, for those. But uh, these are some of the things that if you're struggling this morning with fear, with anxiety, with depression, with sleeplessness, with worry, carrying the, world, uh, the weight of the world on your shoulders, if you've suffered trauma, abuse, emotional words, betrayal, brokenheartedness, Jesus said that he came to bind up the brokenhearted. Guys, I believe that God wants to continue to do great things in the area of emotional healing this morning. If that's you, why don't you begin to to move forward this morning, and we're going to continue to pray. Hey, Titus, why don't you come up here too as well? Uh, Do we have any any other board members in the room that could help us today? Some of our other guys? After you guys are done praying, would you be willing to do some praying? All right, that'd be great. So... We're just going to get, get some more people to do some prayer. So emotional healing right now. We're going to continue to do this. If you need to slip out this morning, you feel free. And then we're going to work on spiritual healing, okay, after this. And the spiritual healing is to break bondages, addictions, uh, generational curses and strongholds, different things like that. So if you, if you need to hang around for that, uh, we're going to pray for everybody. And we'll just stay here and continue to do this. Thank you, Lord.
Guys, I just had one more area here, the, the spiritual healing. If you need some spiritual healing this morning, you're dealing with the area of bondage. You're dealing with the area of addiction in your life, generational curses. You're sensing that there are things passed down to you from generation to generation. There are strongholds in your life that you cannot get victory in. Maybe you you sense, uh, the only way you can describe it is like inner demons, like an outside force trying to get at you uh, or an inside force trying to control you. Uh, Jesus wants to bring freedom in these areas as well. So if you need spiritual healing this morning, bondage, addiction, generational curses, God is going to do some healing this morning in those areas.
Jesus. 